The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, let's start somewhere. Welcome to the KyberCast. This is episode number 81, recorded January 5th, 2021. Happy New Year. My name is Joe Becker. I'm one part of this duo. Yeah. The other part is... Michael Diaz, the dynamic part of this duo. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> You're craving for some kind of nickname, though, I think. I feel. I've got plenty of nicknames. Well, I mean, ones that we can say. Well, I guess we can say whatever we want here, but you know what I mean. Kid-friendly. Yeah. Uh, we use the F-bomb. We are not kid-friendly. <laughs> well, we are. They like to hear it, too, but parents just don't like Parents just don't understand. They just don't. Well, it's the first one of the new year, man. And does it feel different? Not at all. Nope. <laughs> well, actually, it feels more like like March, April, just because it's the first, you know, holidays just happened. So very news light. Right. Just like it was back in March, April, May, June, <laughs> July. I'm hoping that, you know, we can actually have a podcast next week, depending on how things go tomorrow. <laughs> as far as. Oh, just, you know, the electoral votes. I'm sure there'll be some. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not worried about that. But, um, yeah, it's a new year. We, we are a little, bit, a little bit low in news, but I don't know. I think we got some fun th- things to talk about this week. We have, you know, jump right into news, I guess. What's lack of it? I, I'm excited because right now. It's been downloaded to my Kindle, the new High Republic um, book, The Light of the Jedi, I believe is what it's called. Um, Now, if anybody's interested, they can go to YouTube and go to StarWars.com, and there's an hour-long podcast or video of all the authors that are related to each book that's put out there in this whole new... um, era of star Wars and how they kind of created it and where they came from. And I found it to be a really fun watch and, and really gets deep into uh, the high Republic and, and where it's going to go. So um, I'm excited for that. I'm really excited to read this book. I know a few people have gotten it early that I listen to in other podcasts, you know, real professionals that, that get shit early that are connected. Um, clearly Michael and I are connected to nothing uh, <laughs> other than the internet. <laughs> um but uh, one of the fellows uh, that one of my favorite podcasts is called The Force Cast, and Ken Knapsack is uh, really, really good. He actually wrote a book, uh, you know, why we love Star Wars, and he's really, he's really good. Um, he started reading the book, uh, I guess, a week ago. He got a early copy, and he says it's one of the best books he's ever read for Star Wars. So I'm super excited now. It's a pretty low bar, though, isn't it? No, there's some really great books, man in the new era, like, like some really good ones. So I disagree with you. Nothing new. I've, I've only read part of one Zom book, so I really can't argue that. I just know 
Well, you haven't read the Aftermath series. Granted, the first book is not great, but then it really goes in a good spot. Yeah, um, yeah though, the, the sequels have blown away any interest I have. I have no interest. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I can't stop you from that, but uh, um, Catalyst is really good. So this is not a sequel one. It's kind of the beginning of Rogue One where you get to learn the backstory of Krennic and... Um, uh, oh gosh! Oh my God! Cassian? No. Um. Urso, Galen Urso. Sorry. Oh, gotcha. And how they become intertwined, and it's real. That's a great book. Um, I, I recommend anybody read that one. That's that's phenomenal. So, Bloodline is really good too. Fantastic book with Leia. So, you're missing out, my friend. I don't feel that I am. But you are, because I'm telling you. I don't think so. Yeah, see. I, I don't get into I just don't get into that periphery shit that's I just don't. So you haven't read any Star Trek books that is in periphery? Uh I read one because I was given one as a gift. Okay. Twenty so, some odd years ago. So you're consistent then. If it's not in front of me, if I can't watch it, it's not included in the uh in the galaxies or in the canon i suppose pretty much pretty much i mean yeah i mean maybe the comics the comics i'm okay with well you know i know well your reading level that helps <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah i just See, I'm, doing, my reading level's fine i know i'm fucking with you i just i don't know what it is i can't explain it uh, I just, the books related to any kind of major franchise that, you know, didn't start as books. I was just going to ask you that. Does it matter if it starts as a book, it's okay? Yeah, like, okay, you know me, not a fan of fantasy. That said, one of my favorite series of books is the original three Dragonlance Chronicles, which is, my understanding is it's a huge Tolkien ripoff. I didn't read those, but it sounds like it is. I know what they are. I, just, I never read them. I, my mom, you know, thank God my mom. She, well, <laughs> for many, many reasons. But yeah, no, well, you're here. Right. But also, it's very sweet in that she tried. Like, she knew, she didn't get me, really. You know, what, what parents really do. Maybe it's better nowadays. You know, people, some kids can understand being better mm-hmm. understood because, you know, maybe you have a kid that's into Star Wars and you grew up with Star Wars, but. You know, back back in 1985, 80, yeah, 85, um, this set of books came out called the Dragonlance Chronicles. And they were novels, like three, 400 pages. I'm 12, 13, 12 years old, right? Right. And she got me the three book set for Christmas, thinking maybe this is something he'd be in, into. And I was. I loved it. It was fantastic. So... Which is funny because to this day I won't read fantasy, and maybe that's because. Yeah, you must have really liked them. Well, I love them, <laughs> but I I love that world and the rules within that world. So jumping to something like Tolkien or some other kind of fantasy, Game of Thrones. I mean, that started back in the eighties, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm joking. I know, but so, but what's that called again? Dragon? What is it? Dragon Lance? Dragon Lance Chronicles. They actually mm-hmm. did two sets. Um, there's the original Chronicles, and then they did a whole 
series, second series, based on two of the main characters. The twins. What's what's that stupid thing that came out like on MTV or something? Is that Dragonlance? No, it's not. And okay, they've. Do you know what I'm talking about? Whatever yeah, you're talking about, there was something. It was. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it was fantasy and Dragonstone or some shit. Some, it, was, yeah, it was something dragon. It, but it was not that. No. Okay. But, it sounds uh, like Dragon Lance or whatever the hell you said it's called. It sounds like the Battlestar Galactica to I talk on the original seventies one to uh you know, Lord of the Rings. It could be. I've never read Lord of the Rings and that's my bad. Maybe I should. But it's better than Dune. Well, but but that's the thing, I'm not into fantasy. Except right. Dragonlance, which anyway, all that to say so, so let me ask you. Are, oh, but this has really gone down a path where right. we had not, we were going to talk about. <laughs> Go back to news later. What, what you got? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I feel like some of this. This is my psychology minor. But some of this is, is self fulfilling prophecy. You keep saying you're not into it, so you're not going to do it. And I, I feel like you probably are into it, depending on what if it's good or bad. Well, yeah, there's there's a part of that, and I'm not going to disagree with you. It's just I. Okay, I, I'm about weird things. I'm kind of, I don't want to say, you know, retentive, but no. I'm a little obsessive to a degree on certain things. And like Star Wars and Star Trek are different enough, which, you know, Star Trek is basically, you know, it's a, Star Trek is, you know, sci-fi. It's, you know, it's more hard sci-fi, whereas Star Wars is it's fantasy in space, right? Yeah, I wouldn't consider Star Wars. Well, I guess it's sci-fi, but yeah, I, I don't think of it that way either. I mean, even even Star Trek is not always hard sci-fi, but there are times where it does go into that realm again. I feel like sci-fi to me is like possible future, right? That that's what sci-fi feels to me. Like like we we could possibly get there. You know, I don't believe you know we're gonna have Jedi's. Do you know what I mean? Like right. That's all. But there's, they're disparate and different enough where I'm able to say these are the rules for Star Trek, these are the rules, yeah. the rules for Star Wars. So that works. So I can, I like them both. I'm one of those rare characters that you know actually likes them both. And for fantasy, what I liked was Dragonlance, and those the rules that are within that you know genre or within that particular set of books are my fantasy rules. So if I <laughs> go off and read a different fantasy novel and you know, elves do this and dwarves do this and it's different from Dragonlance, that's going to bother me. That's not fair to whatever other authors have written this. But it's just how I'm built and it's annoying at times. And you're fine with the DC superhero difference world and Marvel difference world, yeah? Right, because they're, they're disparate. They're different They're different enough, you know? Because they're their own universes. So I guess... So I'm, I'm, your logic is then flawed. Because yeah. what you're actually saying is that you should read a fantasy that's actually different enough not to coincide with your Dragonlance, then you would like it. You need a you need a yin to your yang. Yeah, maybe, but my happy place is sci-fi, and I've got a stack of books that I haven't read yet in sci-fi. Have you, so. have you read any of the Game of Thrones novels? Even though they're more, they're not called that. They're, they're, they're not fire and ice. Right. I uh, I think I own several. <laughs> but no, yeah. I wrote a single one. Yeah. I, I mean, you could start there. That's not, it's very little fantasy. In my opinion, there's like bouts of fantasy, but it's more like Dune. 
I guess. It's more political intrigue, but yeah, better. But it's I think it's a little. Well, it follows character. Like one whole chapter will be that character, and then the next chapter will be that other character. Like different points of view, which is different than Dune, I think. Anyways, so there you go. High Republic is released today. <laughs> there will be comics though, so I'm curious to see if you jump on any of the comics. Um, there's a uh, so. I know I, we talked about this offline. I know you got the first book because it came out today. Yeah. Um, also, if you look on Amazon, they do have a sampler yep. of like 150 pages that includes a little bit of the book, a little bit of the young adult novel. I think some, they, they got a little bit of everything that came out today. And that I did download and I will check it out. I'm willing to give it a shot, you know, and maybe this kind of breaks or actually maintain the rule because it's going to be different enough that we're not just continuing off of everything else we've seen in Star Wars. Right. I'm not against it, but I, I have to admit my the focus will be on a comic book series, which I see has already been announced and will be coming out soon. I've seen the cover for number one. Mm-hmm. And I, just today, after I heard about you know the, the sampler and all that and downloaded it, I... Um, the first thing I did after that was look on Amazon to see when volume one of the comic, because as you know, I, I stopped individual issues. I buy only trades. Right. And I know that Marvel packages their comics and their trades quickly. So sometimes right after that first or second issue comes out, they've already solicited the trade. That hasn't happened yet, but I'm thinking about grabbing that first trade just to check it out. Yeah. I'll, I'll, and I'm really looking forward to reading this book. I'm looking, I want to, I, it's a chance for something completely new. Obviously not Luke is tied. So it's, it's a big, it's a big gamble. I mean, they clearly spent the money oh, from yeah. authors. I mean, they, they, they built a world here. It's been, it's not, they didn't just do this last year. Like this has been, I think in production probably for the last three years. If I remember what they said in the video yesterday that I watched. Um, so it's a big it's a big chunk of content for Star Wars to hopefully bide our time till we get to the end of the year, you know, when new stuff comes along. So right. I'm looking forward to it. Um, all right. So I, I did see it. I don't have all the facts and figures here, but I did read that um, DC is going to have like a ton of movies coming out that could go either obviously to theater, but also to HBO max. And what they're going to try and do is almost, I, I almost see it like what everybody's doing, like what the big three are doing supposedly, you know, like Marvel is doing films, then TV shows, and they all kind of tie together. Star Wars is now going to do that with all their announcements. And I think DC is trying to um, see if they can do that. What can they spin off? But once again, though, I mean, I'm interested Already there's a couple things that make me think DC's a mess. It's a mess. Well. It is. I mean, you're not, you're not lying. You already have the entire Arrowverse that just last season, last year, kind of finally coalesced and took all. You had the main Arrowverse that had almost every series except for Supergirl and Black Lightning. But now those two series are now part of the Arrowverse proper. But now that they're part of the Arrowverse, both series are ending after this season. Right. Now, they've established through the Arrowverse that there is a multiverse. We saw Ezra Miller show up as the Flash in the Arrowverse. That's fine. 
Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he showed so, up during the uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. He showed oh, up. I didn't see that. It must have been the third the third one, right? Something like that. Episode he, three. He is, a Flash-centric episode. I should have. I should uh, try and watch those three again. But there's the Arrowverse, right? Which, you know, in the first season of Green Arrow had the Suicide Squad. But then they couldn't use them anymore because right. there's a Suicide Squad movie. So, fine, they've already established there are these multiple universes. I'm good with that. But they're also saying within this announcement, they plan on having two separate Batman. Yeah, they're just going to treat it as like, listen, if you walk into a comic store, there's like 50 Batman. You know, I think that's what they're, that's how they kind of positioned it. It's like, listen, we have a ton of different Batman series going on. We have, and that's just how they're going to produce it. It's just, they're not going to be all, it's not all continuity. Which could work, could not work. I don't know. If they're good movies, I guess we'll we'll like a good movie. Right, because that's basically what the Joker is, right? It's another reality. It's a standalone. It's within the Batman universe, but which Batman universe is it in, you know? Right, right. So, right, if they're good movies, it'll work. But that said, I, I do have to say, there is potential for confusion for the, I want to say, the lay fan, the lay person. I remember people asking me when Rogue One came out. So when does this happen right after The Force Awakens? Like, what's going on? And not everyone got that it was a prequel standalone movie. Right. Yes. Geeks like you and I, we know exactly what's going on. Right. But it could be confusing to the average moviegoer. That's I think it will be. I, th- I think you're right. I think, you know... It- Star Wars is confusing, and at least that's one timeline. You just don't know where in the timeline things are, and it's one, exactly. it's one, you know, one thing where, you know, DC is it's a it is a mess. We'll see how they handle it, um, but I, I clearly they're going to take advantage of HBO Max, and HBO needs to do something, and it's a big. It's probably one of their biggest tent poles is the DC universe. You know, now if they said like we're going to do a one off, like I I would love for them to do one off series, like let's say they did Kingdom Come for a year. That'd be oh, great. That's right? fantastic. And then just do some other series that was done in the DC universe. And they don't all have to connect, but at least, you know, for that season, it's a one kind of a one shot deal, right? That would be brilliant. So that therefore, you know, it's not going to happen. <laughs> right. Right. They don't ask people like me. Well, right. Well, because, well, here's the other thing that has me concerned about DC already. Uh, their president, CEO, whoever who said all this and a lot of this information that you're, you're talking about. They also went on about how some of our, you know, more difficult or not as easy to peg properties like Batwoman or Bat, Batgirl, sorry, Batgirl. They might do films, but just send them straight to HBO Max. And that reminded me of a quote, probably wasn't the same guy because, you know, they keep changing CEOs. But before Wonder Woman came out, someone at DC was like, you know, she's a hard character to peg. And someone lambasted them on Twitter so well. They basically, you know, they said, DC films, yeah, Wonder Woman's really hard to pin down. Meanwhile, Marvel has a movie with a talking raccoon shooting a machine gun. Right? Yeah, right, right. So that that comment kind of made me go, what? I mean... I get it. They want more people to watch HBO Max to get their subscribers up. I get it. That's their bread and butter. It's a safe buffer. 
Yeah. I think what the problem for DC is they just don't know what take to have, right? Um, what seems to work out for them is a little bit more of the, um, I'm not going to say fully rated R, but it seems like that feels like a place they can go. Even though Marvel stepping into that with, you know, Deadpool and all that, but like clearly the Joker did extremely well. Yes. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where I'm going with that. Cause I don't quite know. They, they don't know, but, right. you, but if you watched, if you watch Titans, it's a little more, it's dark, not darker. I hate saying the word darker. It's just, they use adult language and it's, they use more language of how everybody would talk, I guess. Um, I mean, it's fine. But then right. again, so there's the Arrowverse, you know, there's the current DCEU, there's whatever universe Joker's in, what universe is this new yeah. Batman going to be in? Well, there's two Batmans, right? There's allegedly another one coming out. There's Well, and then I saw something today that I, I don't know how newsy this is or if it's a rumor, but there's, they're talking about making Keaton the main Batman again. Well, there's talk of him being like Batman Beyond, which well, was a great which is a great animation. I dug that animation show. Did you watch that? I did, did not. I've heard it's good, really good, though. I've heard it's really good. It's pretty fun. It's like, you know, what happens when Batman is too old to do what he needs to do? So he has to find a protege, right? Which is cool. Like, it's Zorro-like. Like, you've got to pass it on. Right. But there's that's the fun version of it. But also, there's the dark version of that, which is The Dark Knight Returns. No, no, no. That's still Batman, though. Well, yes, because he's the, the female Robin. That's a little different. Batman right. Beyond is different. But it's still a passing of the torch. A little bit. But that's to many Batman, right? Like that was like a army or something. I can't remember the end of that now. Anywho, <laughs> but that's the thing. My point is, we know the Marvel universe, and yes, they're going to start messing around by creating a multiverse. That's fine. DC, I can't even tell you how many universes they have right now. No, I don't I, think I, they I, couldn't I, tell you either. I could probably name six to ten without trying too hard. Right. So, there's that. So, there you know, that. but again, it does come down to what you say, and I agree. If it's quality, I'll watch. Yeah, we hope so. Right. We hope so. Any other pieces of news that you found? Like, again, it was a slow week. It's, um, it's the beginning of the new year. So, well, seeing as we're talking about DC and they're, and they're going forward. So, as we all know. Wonder Woman came out two weeks ago. Has done as far as DC or Warner Brothers wants you to know, it's done very, very well. They fast tracked Wonder Woman three, but a lot of fans, myself included, are like, "Well, that's great," but literally two, three weeks before that, it was announced that Patty Jenkins is helming Rogue Squadron for Disney Lucasfilm. Right. That's a huge film. Wonder Woman three. Huge film. And we already know she's working on, before Rogue Squadron even, also with Gal Gadot, or Gal Gadot, is, is it Gadot, G'day? I always mess it up. Anyway. Gadot is what I've found in various interviews with her, so. I haven't she, talked to her yet. When I get a chance, I'll ask her. Please do. I please will. do. Um, but she's doing Cleopatra, a remake of Cleopatra with Gal Gadot, coming out from Paramount. And that has a release date of 2022. So next year, we know Watch Rogue Squadron has a release date of 2023. So, oh, and on top of this, 
She's also got a TV miniseries coming out. I don't remember what for, but the point is. Well, she could be producing that. No, she's directing some, directing and writing some of that too. Oh, okay. So the thing is, I'm not going to throw out, oh man, she's probably stretched too thin. Okay, there are directors. I mean, Spielberg used to do everything in the 80s and 90s. So I'm not going to throw that stone. But, no, 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 but, but it, it's, it's, it's fair for fans to be concerned because Cleopatra is going to be huge. But yes, Rogue Squadron is going to be huge. That's that's yeah. a lot of focus. And Wonder Woman is going to be huge. So, Well, she's talented. Listen, I just listened to a podcast with her on Mar- with Mark Maron. Did I mention this last podcast? I don't remember if I did or not. I think everybody that cares about this stuff should listen to that interview. And you will be so, at least I was, very um, endeared to Patty Jenkins and, and her... Uh, career choices and what she's done. I have zero worries about Rogue Squadron. Zero. Um, I think she's just going to be great. I mean, and the way she talks about some things in this interview. Um, now, the interview, ironically, is done before the ad announcement, so you won't hear any Star Wars stuff in that thing. But she does talk about her father a lot. Uh, who was the pilot and what it means. And you can hear in her voice some certain things. And then her fighting to get Wonder Woman originally has been a, a long time battle for her. Her favorite movie growing up was Superman. The Christopher Reeve original Superman. It was a big deal to her. And it, and, and she wanted to make that movie. And um, so Which I guess was- it's a, sorry. It shows in Wonder Woman. It does, and she'll tell you that, right? And and uh, so, listen, did I like Wonder Woman uh, 84? It was fine while I watched it. It, it. It's doing exactly what I said it would do. It did less than half that it did last week in the theater. Like, it dropped. I don't think people just got I just don't think people got it. Um, so I, I don't disagree. Not, but I'm not worried. I'm not worried about her as a where she's going to go. I think it's going to be just fine. By the way, while we've been talking, I just downloaded that WTF episode, so I will listen. It's a good. It's a very good listen. Um, she's fan. Her personality is amazing in there. She's, she seems oh, awesome. Nothing against her. She's fantastic. Um, now picking the same lead for Cleopatra as Gal Gadot. Now clearly, she fits the profile. I suppose she's. You know, she's literally from the Middle East. I know. Um, <laughs> it's just one of those things like, you know, like directors start using the same people like, you know, we, we were saying this offline, but, you know, Tim Burton, like I could tell you a Tim Burton movie just by who's in it. If you don't tell me who the director is, but I see like three people in it, Johnny Depp and fucking, I don't know, Helena Bonham Carter. Like, oh, it's, it's got to be a, a Tim Burton movie. Maybe not Helena anymore because I think they broke up, didn't they? So we might not see her in them anymore. But well, I, I, you're, I agree. I mean, Tarantino does the same thing. Scorsese does the same thing. Well, Tarantino always brings new blood into other things, though. It's, he doesn't always use the same. There's yeah. maybe a few carryovers, but not as leads. He, he'll bring someone in, but once he brings them in, inside to like, I mean, Christoph Waltz, I think, showed up in Inglorious Bastards and has been in every single film since then, I think. Yeah, but Travolta hasn't, and neither has, you know, Sam Jackson with him, so... Oh no, Sam Jackson. Has. Sam Sorry. Jackson. He was in. Sorry. Yeah, he was. He's um, he's been in a lot too. But now yeah. Kurt Russell. He's been in two of them, right? With Kurt Russell. Yeah, at least two. And then, what now? Now his current muse is Leonardo DiCaprio. 
Leo. <laughs> Sorry, that's from. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Well, didn't you ever see it's it's uh, Doctor Evil one day talking about Leo? <laughs> he goes playing a part. He goes Leo because he lived. Anyways, I don't know where it came from. Cool. Jenkins is busy. She's going to be making movies. Yeah, <laughs> busier than you and I will be. And if we want to put the uh, what the hit the nail on the head or not the hell no, that's not it. If, to, to wrap up all this DC stuff, all this DC talk, uh, Zack Snyder has confirmed. That I wanna, oh, yeah, I'll catch it. Yeah, sorry. He was going to be Justice So where did you see that? I didn't see that. Uh, literally, he just said it uh, online, I think maybe today, yesterday. Oh, wow. Leto, Leto was very, they asked him point blank, I want to say yesterday, and he kind of danced around it, but then Schneider today. He who? Said, oh, Leto, Leto danced around it? or Leto danced around it, but Schneider today basically said, he was talking about the new Justice League, and he said, there's really only two new scenes he's filmed, and one of which was with Leto. Oh. Now, new scenes that he's filmed, that's kind of a loaded compliment, or not compliment, a loaded comment. Apparently, he filmed several takes of everything he did in Justice League. He did it his way, and then he did other takes for the studio. So... Hmm. A lot, there's a lot filmed that was not used in the film, but like alternate takes and other things like that. So that's part of the reason why it's going to be four hours long because he's got so much material that he has to work with. Got it. So this could be, this probably is going to be and should be a completely different experience. Mind you, I haven't seen Just Think. I'm saving it. And well, if you already saw the title for this episode, you'll see why. Yeah. I think that'll be cool. I'm looking I'm looking forward to it now as it comes in. I'm not I'm not I'm not denying it. I'm looking forward to the the Snyder cut for sure. Same here. Um he's piqued my interest to say the least. Well, I think it's good that you saw Batman versus Superman then, because then you'll go right into the new Zack Snyder cut and you may I don't know, but we'll get into that coming up. Um what the hell was that? Sorry, my dog just decided he wanted to come. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, it's fine. He uh, Usually he's old and he usually just lays here, but apparently he decided to get up and leave. It's not a problem. Okay. Um, so one last piece of news. WandaVision comes out January 15th. It's been said now that it's nine episodes, and I think it's going to be a strange show this could be the one derailment for marvel for some people i think it's going to get weird maybe it won't be i mean i it definitely looks out there um and we shall see we know dr strange will be part of it in some way shape or form yep um so boy it's who knows just, there's so much unknown about this show it's so different and who knows maybe maybe all the weird stuff will be in the first episode the rest of it will be a standard show I don't think so. I don't think so either. But who knows? I, mean, I, would, assume that, I would assume that these episodes will probably be 30 minutes-ish. I don't think it's going to be an hour-long show each time. No, I, I don't think they, that's too much. No one needs nine hours of what is going on. Yeah, unless it's, I don't know, unless it's compelling. We don't know. I, I hate to put any, any label on it because it looks so strange, you know. Again, we just talked about Marvel having a raccoon that talks, so we, it could be great. We don't know. True, but 
I think when, you know Disney is shown with like uh, the Mandalorian, thirty to forty minutes is kind of the sweet spot. Yeah, I think so. Enough to tell the story. Yes, that's the beauty of the streaming stuff. Like you don't have to fit it into a slot on network television. If this if this needs to be twenty eight minutes, then it's twenty eight. If it's thirty five, it's thirty five. Cut it to what it needs to be. That's what's really cool. I agree. I like that. You know, whatever the script says and whatever you shoot on scene and maybe something comes in that you didn't think of of the script and it flushes out the story to be a certain amount of time. I think that's probably the best for any creative person that creates film or, or, or any kind of video. Like you don't have a time frame, make it right. Right. I mean, like I said, 30 to 40 seems to be the sweet spot, but it's not like they have to get it in at 26 minutes and 30 seconds to allow for commercials. Right. They can say, all right, we're at 30 minutes already, but I think if we let this scene breathe for another you know, 30, 40 seconds and this scene here and it gets to 35, who cares? It, it tells a good story. Right. And it's been such a gap for Marvel content that people will be hungry because this is going to lead right into um, Falcon and um, the Winter Soldier, too. Right when it ends, that, that one picks up. Good, because I'm waiting for that. That's, that's the one. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to disparage... Elizabeth Olsen or Paul Bettany, but I want I want Falcon and Winter Soldier. That's what I'm waiting for right now. Well, they're going to get your money all through June, <laughs> right? They they know what they're doing. Smart. Okay, let's move on to our geek this week. I am still playing Skyrim because that show that that game doesn't end. I found out. no i'm i'm hooked and you know i I talked about it last week so i won't get into it too much but i still enjoy playing it uh the other thing is i I mentioned to michael before we got on the podcast like i don't know if this counts but i just started watching narcos and i'm totally hooked i'm like on the end of the middle of season two and what's cool you know when it's 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 not if they speak spanish it's spanish then it's subtitled if it's english they speak english um I feel like, and it's weird because like I've been dreaming in Spanish. Really? <laughs> I just watch the show. Like I'll watch five episodes and you know, I'm, I'm reading it, but I'm hearing Spanish and I'm waking, you know, <laughs> I'm getting That's up awesome. my, I'm getting up and I'm swearing in Spanish. I <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say any words here cause I'll be wrong anyways, but, um, I can swear at you very well in Spanish. Let's just say punto is a very big word in this show. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Did you see Narcos? I have not watched it. I've heard good things, but it's a golden age of television. You know, I just can't, I can't watch everything. I try. No, no, I just, it's, this is a Pedro Pascal thing. He's in it. And I'm like, I'll watch that. Oops. I, I don't know. He was in that. So I, I put it on. Oh, no kidding. Maybe I and should he's, watch it. He, he's really good. Uh, Pablo Escobar or something. It's about Pablo Escobar. Yeah. He doesn't play Pablo Escobar. Okay. Gotcha. Um, but the guy who does is fantastic. Um, but another thing, but not to turn this into, this is the now we're changing format to, uh, no, no. Um, what's cool too is they mix in real news footage of that time. Oh, that's cool. Is, it's really cool. Anyways. All right. What about your geek this week? So my geek this week is the Immortal Hulk volume one, collection one. It's not volume one because, so it's digital, right? Um, basically they took the Immortal Hulk hardcover, the first 10 issues of that series, and 
they put it on a hardcover. Well, this is just a digital version of the hardcover, so it's obviously not a hardcover. It's no cover. But um, I've been hearing buzz for a couple of years about this title that, you know, they, they've really um, taken it back to the original horror roots of the Hulk. And I was dubious. The whole, I mean, this all kind of came about, was it uh, during Secret Wars 2 or whatever, when Hawkeye put a arrow through Bruce Banner's eye and killed him. Well, we wow. found out that Bruce Banner is mortal, but the Hulk is not. He's oh, so he just killed Bruce. Well, he killed Bruce, so Bruce died. But then when one night came, the Hulk came back, and so Bruce is back. Well, it's just the Hulk then, right? Like nope. the other the other entity is gone, or no? No, Bruce is still there. Oh, okay. So he can die, and he'll stay dead. Until nightfall, when the Hulk comes home. Why? Over. Why nightfall? Because that's the original thing. The Hulk originally wasn't only just about anger. Oh, just Jekyll and Hyde thing. Yes, exactly. I mean, the Hulk has always been a huge ripoff of Doctor Heckle and, and Mister Hyde. Yeah, it just in comic book form. I mean, come on, Stan Lee got so lazy that he just said, "How about Thor?" Boom. Don't have to change anything. <laughs> well, because you don't own the right. Nobody owns the rights to Thor. Right. They own the rights to the mighty Thor. Correct. Now, I don't know. Anybody here can write their own Thor story. No one, and they would never get in trouble. Correct. But not the mighty Thor. Just don't call him mighty Thor. Exactly. Um, So anyway, I heard a lot of buzz of this for a while, and I was perusing. If you have Amazon Prime, I highly suggest every once in a while you check out what's available via Prime Reading. It's all free. You're allowed to, to borrow up to 10 books that are part of the prime reading list. Yep. And I just happened to look, and Immortal Hulk was there, the first collection, issues 1 through 10, I think I mentioned. And I'm like, I was, I've been watching for this to go down in price so I could buy it, check it out, so free is even better. Yeah. I only read, I've read, I think, four issues of the 10. But I got to tell you, after the first issue, I was hooked. Oh, good. I, I was like... I can't believe they did it, but yes, Hulk as a horror comic works fantastically. So that's my geek this week. Oh, and then on top of that, as something I've been saying for about five months now, trying to finish Network Effect, the murder yeah. bond number five. <laughs> but now we're starting another book next week, which we'll talk about in a sec. But anyway, right? I I've, I read a lot. Right. All right, so let's let's jump to our main topic, which is kind of way late in the world, but something I've kind of wanted to talk to Michael about for a while, and we we mentioned it in the last podcast. Michael finally watched Batman versus Superman. Now, he watched the Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition, which I did watch today because I did not see the Ultimate version. But before I say anything, I'm I'm but I'm gonna throw this there. I'm gonna say Michael hated it. But I, I kind of want to hear it from him. I have not talked to him. He would not tell me how, what he thinks. Yep, this is Joe has no idea. Well, let me start with this. I, you know, I went into this with preconceived notions, right? Yeah, I you did. Heard it was terrible. I also well, actually, you heard the original one was terrible. Nobody saw the ultimate edition at the theater. 
Right. And then I did hear that. I, I did see at the time when it came out, a good couple of years ago now, when the Ultimate version came out, that some people said it fixes the the narrative a little bit. I mean, it's 30 extra minutes. It kind of has some better pacing. It does. So I'm like, well, if I'm going to watch one, let's watch the one that people said is the better version. Yep. So even though it was three hours long, I spent all last night watching it. And I'm going to draw this out a bit longer. I really fucking liked it. Did you really? Yes. No. Now, I have well, some. I'm totally wrong. Cool. I have. I know. I was. I was completely shocked. I. I admit, 15, 20 minutes into it, I was like, I. I still thought I was going to hate it, and then by the probably within the first half hour, hour, I was like, I really like this. So I want to say something. Like so, everything I try to do to get you to watch it. Does any any of my words ever come back to you and say, oh well, I kind of see what he was saying there. Like to me, everything was fine. Like it was a good story, but like like I just didn't like Doomsday. Okay, I so here's the thing. Because I know we'd be talking about this in depth. Yeah, I took notes. Okay, good. You lead. You lead because I don't know where you want to go, and I, I I know where I want to kind of want to go, but I, I I feel like you you should lead a little bit here. So one thing I liked about it was that it opens up with Bruce manically trying to get to the Wayne Industries mm-hmm. Wayne Enterprises, whatever it is. His building in Metropolis. Yes. Now Wayne Financial. The first thing that I noticed, though, was he's tearing ass in a blacked-out Jeep Renegade. Which was a big product push. It came out that year. Exactly. And it's so fucking obvious that it's product placement that it kept taking me out of the movie. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't like that. The product placement was... it. Seriously, if... You just watch the scenes of the car driving. It's like a fucking car commercial. Right. Extreme but, car But it commercial. paid for a lot of those effects. I get that. So right off the bat, I'm like, oh, give me a fucking break. Now, that said, once you get past all that, the way it's filmed. Um, Beautiful. Is filmed fucking great. Like it felt. I'm not trying to disparage the victims or the event of 9-11. No, 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 no. Right. But Zack Snyder did a very good job of capturing the feel of that if it had been done by, you know, basically gods on Earth, Superman and Zod. Right. It felt very real. Obviously, it's not. I know it's not. But the reactions and the carnage, and this is where the movie started making me think, Maybe it's not so terrible because my one of my hugest, hugest, one of my largest criticisms of Man of Steel mm-hmm. is that Superman and Zod, in their battle, easily kill thousands, if not tens yep. of thousands I think, of people. I think what it does is actually makes Man of Steel better. It's a different point of view, right? You're, you're watching the Superman part and you're like, oh, wow, this shit's affected. Well, it doesn't make Man of Steel better because they still sh- Superman should still not have let that happen. Right, uh, right. That he wouldn't. He would leave like Christopher Reeve did in New York. Bruce Wayne's anger was my anger, mm-hmm. in that I disliked Man of Steel so much because of that. That I could see where Bruce was coming from. He's like, he needs to be brought down. He's a god, 
and he can't be running around like a loose cannon. I guess but, what I'm saying is it, why it makes Man of Steel better is I can see where Zach was thinking. Like he's got it mapped out. Yes. But that's all. And that's fine. But again, shouldn't have happened to Man of Steel. No. It did happen, and at least he picked up at a good place. That said, it's glaring how many times in this movie they make it clear when something is destroyed that no one was there. Right? Right. Like when they go back to that old, like, now I know I'm jump, jumping to the end of the movie, but it, it, it ties in in that. Where they go know, to, where everybody goes to Detroit, the, the train station? Yes, exactly. They went there, but they make, there's this, you know, scene where they're showing, you know, you know, military people saying, oh, or no, I'm sorry, Batman says, it's okay, nobody's in there, it's vacant. Yeah. I'm like, okay, that, that's like a needle scratch. What? Yeah. Or after Doomsday and Superman go into space and they borrow, they flat out almost rip an entire scene out of the Dark Knight Returns when they nuke Superman. Right. And they fall back to Earth. I mean, they go up and they happen to fall straight back down into Metropolis or Gotham in the harbor. And they land on not Rikers Island, but Strikers Island. Right. But they land, decimate the island. I mean, just it's boom, gone. And the military is like, well, Strikers Island, that's good. It's uninhabited. There's no one there. I mean, right. it's a little bit too much in your face about how... Right. This destruction isn't hurting anyone, or even um, when they uh, when when Doomsday jumps to the top of the LexCorp building, and yeah. starts destroying all the helicopters. Like, well, you know, it's late. You know, no one's working in there. The, no one, no one's around. Yeah, like, come on. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, I know that's the beginning and the end of the movie that I'm bringing together, but at least they recognize that. Maybe tens of thousands of people dying are not a good reason because I didn't really get the hero worship so much. I mean, I get it. Superman is a god in Zack Snyder's mind. He acts as a god, and I get that. Well, and, he is. I mean, he is. He's, he, that's it, right. It, it is a Christ-like story. Yes, and these are our new myths and legends. Hercules, Zeus, whatever you want to have, I get it. Superman is that god. Um, but it was hard for me to buy that Metropolis would worship Superman so much when his being there caused the deaths of, like I said, thousands, if not tens of thousands of people. Right. So that's, yeah, I mean, th th there's, there's plot holes, right? I mean, we know we've taken, they've taken a few comics and mushed them together and that's what I didn't like. What I did like was I, I I liked the pacing. I liked the idea of how Lex Luthor played them against each other. Not sure that I liked that he knew their identities. I don't know if that. I don't know how that plays out in the comics, but to me, it's like okay, he knows who Bruce Wayne is. He like he knows this from the get go. That's weird. Um, right. I I liked Ben Affleck as Batman. So that was my big question to you. Did you like his Batman? I thought he was good. I didn't have a problem. In fact, that was probably one of the better parts of the story. Or the movie is Ben Affleck as Batman. Now, there are some things I didn't like. The branding was a bit much. Um, and you know, 
that's not Ben Affleck's fault. That's the writing's fault. But as Ben oh, Affleck, right. as, as Batman, what did you think? At Batman, he was totally fine, but too old. Well, that's where the Dark Knight comes in, right? He almost has that costume. Exactly. Everyone wants to do the Dark Knight Returns, but if this is the beginning of the Justice League, which this was, I mean, the name of it is Dawn of Justice. Right. That's the problem. That's the problem. You can't, I mean, he's got gray starting at his temples. Oh, no, he's at the end. I mean, you'll see it in, when you watch Justice League. Not the end, but he's definitely older, he, and he says that, you know. He knows that. We, we we know he's had a career in this, which is weird. It's just weird. The timing's weird. That's why you're like, you know, there, there was no reason they could have, no offense to Ben Affleck, but they, there's no reason they couldn't have had a younger person do that and, you know, Still pick up that idea where he's smart enough to figure out how to kill Batman or how to kill Superman. Um, but that being said, however they wrote it, it's fine. I thought Ben Affleck was a good Bruce Wayne, good Batman. Agreed. I liked. Uh, it's funny because they kind of did not exactly, but they did borrow elements, at least one element from the Nolan Batman. In that, remember, um, you know, basically at the end of Batman Begins. Wayne Manor had burned down, right? Yep. And he passes it several times. It's just a burnt husk. Yep. And he's actually got a very modern place on the pond or lake that's nearby. And I like that. It it made it so that maybe this was the same Batman from Nolan. But that took place during now. This is obviously taking place now. But still, you can kind of see there could have been a tie. I, I I know that um, Christian Bale was out and he just didn't know much, how much money they wanted to throw at him. He didn't want to do it. And I, I'm really curious how this film could have been if he had come back. You know? Yeah. I, I You know, again, I think it would, he would have fit fine, you know, pulling it over. But we don't – we'd have to f- – it would have to explain – I can't remember when this came out versus when the Bane one came out. Was this before? No, it was after. It was after all of it, right? Yes. So, like, but in timeline-wise, like, I figure the the last one is his retirement. Right. So, that, that, would, that would be the weird thing for me. Like he's, no, I get it. I get it. So, no, I have no problem with Ben Affleck other than the Batman he played was too old. And that's just unfortunate because you can't have new Superman and old Batman. Right. I, I just thought, like, if you remember when it came out, they were picking on him. And I didn't think he was bad. I thought he was fine. In fact, I was expecting to have some issues. Like, uh, there's mention, you know, Batman doesn't use guns. Then there's that whole dream sequence with, you know, obviously the Omega symbol and the parademons. Right. And he's using guns. I have no problem with that. That's a possible dystopian future. Maybe things had to change. Right. And then people are like, well, Batman got really murdery in this movie. I that's a you know a complaint or a criticism I saw before, and I kind of get it. I mean, okay, the branding the criminals and having you know knowing that they're going to get killed, that's a bit much. But this is a Batman that is very he's, he's beaten. He's exactly. I mean, you can see that when he walks by the memorial he has to Robin, who obviously. Died horribly. Yep. Joke's on you, Batman. Right. So, he's broken. He's beaten. He's much more violent. And 
he really doesn't start using guns and getting super violent. I mean, yes, the branding's not good. But he flat out just starts killing people at the end. But I got that in that, um, as, as bad as the whole Martha thing was, he was putting everything he had into it to save Martha Kent. Right. Because it was his, it was an analogy for him trying to save the death of his mother. So he got super violent. And I kind of get that. So, yeah, they needed some kind of trigger, right? <laughs> I, also, I also like Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons is great. Yeah, he was good. The whole five minutes he was in it, but he was good. Yeah, but I mean, that's his part. He was not, he was just an interesting Alfred. No, um, Ben Affleck's good. Um, Ben Affleck's good. Amy Adams is good. Um, you know, Lawrence Fishburne's good. Um, who, who else we said? Well, uh, the, the, the biggest thing is Jesse Eisenberg. What do you think of that Lex Luthor? That's a different Lex Luthor, right? Than we've seen. Yes, and I liked it. I did too. I liked his version of, of Lex Luthor. I want to see where he could go with that. It's a shame we won't. Well, true. Um, I liked it because... Let's face it, Hackman's Luthor is fantastic. It's iconic. Yeah, it's a long time ago, right? It was. Uh, Kevin Spacey basically put a different spin or tried to put his own touch on the Hackman Luthor. Right. But Eisenberg's, it fits because who is going to be, I don't know, It just kind of like we saw in... Um, what was that film that came out? Old, the Old Guard that came out on Netflix this year. Oh right, uh, making you know the bad guys uh, a pharmacy bro or some kind of Silicon Valley brat. Mm-hmm. It, it's much more contemporary. I mean, Lex Luthor, you know, was always a businessman. So whatever was popular in the '30s, '40s, '50s, he was that businessman, right? Right. So this is no different. It's just, but it's not believable to have a. 50, 60 year old guy, unless unless you're going to, you know, cast Jeff Bezos. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. He's already, he's already bald. Right. Um, <laughs> and possibly a villain. But anyway, um, no, Eisenberg was fantastic. Like, and as you said, Jeremy Irons, a lot of good things, but there are some things that are like, no, that's just fucking wrong. Number one at the beginning. Having Jimmy Olsen be a CIA agent? Yeah, that was odd. Right when that happens, the first thing it does is it tells me this is an alternative universe. This is not the DC universe. I get it. It's not the comics. Right. But this is not Jimmy Olsen. Come on. And then to, get, to fucking execute him, right? Like, like, boom. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's the story choices... I, I thought the casting is great. I thought the 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 film, obviously the the lighting and everything is great. All the the cinematography, the it was much better. This the pacing was much better in this version. In that you can see the building of how these two are going to fight each other. It's it's much clearer in this one. You also see a little bit at the end. Um, you have not seen. Um, obviously, Justice League, but now you understand. I understand Justice League a little bit more. Because at the end of this, you get to see um, Steppenwolf with the three boxes. And you're like, what the hell is that? That It's a, kind of a premonition, which actually, now I understand why. Because that, that was cut from the original one. I don't know if you noticed that. 
Um, I knew that. I obviously I didn't watch the original, but well, what it does do is it tells me it makes the end where Batman sees Lex Luthor much more appropriate because when all that's cut and Luthor just says, "Well, the bell's been rung," like he he kind of has been. He's overloaded with information, right? He's 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 kind of been plugged into the Kryptonian databank, so he's he's messed up now in a way. Like he knows more than everybody else. It's almost brainiac like, so to speak. Not to bring a name into it, but yeah, he knows so, too much for his own good now. Now he knows what's gonna, you know, that this step and what's gonna come for these boxes. Which now I leads like okay, now I understand where where that goes in in um, Justice League, and I, I can see Zack Snyder's plan better in this one now whether you like the plan or not that's up for debate for everybody but um i will tell you this it's pretty damn cool when wonder woman comes on the scene and that music kicks in doesn't it because that's where the first time you hear that music see i didn't know that because my first real exposure to wonder woman was wonder woman right and that's where i heard the music but i see so it shows you how and then obviously the picture that luthor had of her from world war one yep you see how far back they planned a lot of this stuff. Which was cool, right? Like, you're like, oh, cool. At least it wasn't just thrown together. Now, whether you like what was put up there, that's a different conversation, but it wasn't half-assed. Right. This isn't Star Wars. (laughs) The sequels. Exactly. Um, No, I really liked it. Um, Especially that, in fact, as soon as I got done watching Batman versus Superman, I immediately started Wonder Woman just to watch that opening scene Mm -hmm. where she's in the Louvre and... Bruce sends her the case, and yep. you see now that he found the original and sent it to her. It was a gift. Makes yes. it better. It makes it better. I, I got that better. And then I skipped. I mean, we had just watched Wonder Woman like a week and a half ago, right before we watched Wonder Woman 84. So then I skipped to the end again to see her email back to Bruce. Right. And it, it fits better. You know, I get it now. I, I see why those scenes were there, and it ties into. Batman versus Superman very well. Now, I don't know exactly. I, I'm torn. and Maybe I like it. Maybe I don't. But making Metropolis and Gotham really kind of like the two. It's kind of like the Twin Cities. Now, obviously, it's not Minneapolis, St. Paul. Right. But it's almost like Kansas City and Kansas City. Right. Kansas City, Missouri is a nice metropolis. I mean, yes, it has crime. It's a major city. But everyone knows Kansas City, Kansas is the armpit. Right. Right? I mean, no offense to anyone listening from Kansas City, Kansas. But of the two, you know which one's the better one. And you, you can, can't have that. But our friends in Kansas City can write to Michael via our social media, <laughs> Facebook and Twitter. I, I think Kansas City's fantastic. I mean, great barbecue, whatever. Mike, That's just Michael's bias. <laughs> But that's I, Michael I, Diaz. <laughs> it, it's an interesting take um, to make Metropolis and Gotham separated by a harbor. Yeah, and we're obviously, like I said, Metropolis is the is you know the shining example, and Gotham um, is where no one wants to live. Well, it's kind of like you know Toronto and Detroit. I don't know. I'm just kidding. But that's the thing. Toronto and Detroit are seven hours apart. They're not across the bay from each other. I know. Well, Ontario. Uh, yeah, but you can literally see Gotham from Metropolis. 
I know. I know. It was their choice. It was their choice. Like th- those are the funny things in there. I, I mean, again, there's a lot of problems with that movie, but I also didn't hate it. I was surprised. I expected to hate it. And maybe it's because I watched the better fleshed out. I mean, um, was it Jenna Malone? I like her. She's not in it for very long. Right. Why isn't she in it more? She's fantastic. I mean, not in that role. I mean, as an actress, I really like her as an actress. Right, right. So, Well, Holly Hunter was great. Oh, yeah. I, I have to admit, I like that whole thing. I mean. Yeah, it was great. Luther played her like a fiddle. That whole beginning, that's what, it bring, they bring you into the movie really well. Like, they, 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 he lays the foundation of why they should fight and, and, and the real threat that the world doesn't really know who Superman is. And I really like the way that even Superman has to deal, or Henry, Cavill, you know, Clark Kent, Superman has to deal with this, right? So much so that he actually quits and he goes to the mountain and he runs into his, he sees, you know, um, Kevin Costner and has a, a chat. Um, obviously, it was a chat within his mind, but yeah, remembers a story what his dad told me. You know, I saved this, but it caused that. Things happen. And, uh, I don't know. There's just a lot of there's a lot of good character stuff around there. It's just they just try to do too much, and I well, wish I wish Zack Snyder would have would have called back some things in that you know you can't mush, mash three comic eras together and try to make something sound. That's the problem. Well, on top of that, I think they try to do too much too soon. Right. You just gave us Man of Steel. Right. Let Superman be Superman. Right. Yeah, you can't kill him. He's only been, and you kill him. Then what do you think of him dying? That that's a big deal. You know, I liked it. I I didn't think I would like it. I thought it was going to be something with the Krypton or uh, Kryptonite, and it kind of was because obviously he was weak because he was so close to the spear. Right. But you know, seeing that he died because Doomsday, you know, put his stumpy bone through him. Yeah. But it was it was interesting. I mean, he Superman knew he was going to die. He knew he was the only one that could beat him. And which I don't believe that. I really believe you know why didn't he just give the spear to Wonder Woman? She could get close enough and just fucking. That's that's the flaw, right? Because he was already gassed by Batman. But at the end of the day, if you go back to the first fight with Batman and Superman, where which was great, you know, we're we're. Batman has it set up and he figures out a way and he actually fights Superman pretty well and, and wins, right? But he tells him, you're not brave. Men are brave. You don't have to be brave here because nothing can hurt you. But he was brave at the end, right? Because yes. he, he's going to, so that, that, that's, there's a reason it, it, it almost proves his humanity. It's the humanity side of Superman um, that, you know, Batman sees obviously at the end. Yep. So my, my problem with the film is that, not necessarily the film, my problem, and I'm going to go to it again, is that there should have been a second Superman movie first. Yep. And there should have been more of an opportunity for Superman to show us he's the Boy Scout that he is. I know, you you know, maybe you can't keep redoing, maybe you shouldn't redo the Reeves Batman, or not Reeves Batman, Reeves Superman, but I'm sorry. Superman 1 and then Superman 2, that's the gold standard. For now, but I mean, it's it's a it's a little campy if you 
if you give it to to this this audience of this day. It is, it is. But did you end up watching the Donner cut yet? No, but okay. I, literally, as we were talking about this, I want to go back and watch those now. Yeah, and and maybe it doesn't hold up quite as well because maybe it is a bit campy. I get, I'll give you that. I'm okay with a little camp, a little humor. We see that in uh, the Spider Man movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just different. I I know. I get it. It came out. You know, it's a forty year, forty one year old, forty two year old movie almost now. I know. I get it. It's been around for a while, but it's still, in my opinion, the gold standard. Cavill could be a great Superman, but let's. I'm not going to put the actors on this. They're doing the scripts they're given. They're not the writers. Oh, no. I, no he's a great no, Superman. He's a great actor giving a poor Superman. He's a great Superman. It's the character that they wrote that's bad. Like, I believe him to be Superman. That's what I'm saying. I believe him to be Superman, too. But one thing, if they keep Cavill going forward, um, I will be happy to see a removal of the Zack Schneider color pattern palette. Superman is too dull, too muted, too dark. His costume, even Wonder Woman's, which that was her costume in this. It was pretty much her costume in Wonder Woman, you know, the first film. I was happy to see how much brighter it was for 84, which it fits. The 80s were a bright decade. So I know that, but to know that she wore that costume, which was much brighter, still not obviously as bright and in your face as we saw in Superman, the original, or in the Wonder Woman TV show. I don't need it to go that far, but it was brighter at least. Yeah. And that's just the palette of the, his, his artistic palette. I don't like it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's a, a lot of people didn't like it. Like I said, there have been people that took Man of Steel and recolored it, some of the scenes with Cavill in a brighter costume, and it looks better. It just does. So, when it comes down to it, for years now, at least four years, this movie came out. I bought it a long time ago on (laughs) Blu-ray. I know. Not even this cut. Not even this cut. In fact, I did a previous podcast before Joe and I did this with Alan, our, our sometimes guest. Yep, and he was always like, "When are you gonna watch it? You gotta watch it at some point. You at least gotta check it out." And I've resisted for four years, and I'm not sad that I resisted. Perhaps I needed that distance. But I feel like you. I feel like you won. I won. Yeah, I think you got to see a better cut of this, and I think you're gonna go into seeing a better cut Justice League. I think you're gonna have a better first experience than all of us had. Yeah. Now, I don't deny that going into this film, I was expecting to hate it. So the fact that I didn't increases how much I think I liked it, right? Yeah, no, I agree. I think you you had every intention to hate this film. Like you you had you weren't even neutral. Right. So to find the good in it, I think is a good thing. I think there's there's some fun parts to it. I mean, I I liked the Batman Superman fight. I liked when when the first time they meet and, and Batman says, do you bleed? <laughs> right. Right. And he cuts his face later. I mean, I, I, and I like 
I, I liked Batman in this. I, I, I think there was a good amount of fear from other people with him, which is what Batman is. Um, you know, I liked his fighting scenes with when he saved Martha. I thought that was a great scene for Batman. And I liked when the cops come in, look for him, and the way they lit Batman, he's all up in the corner, hidden, and comes down. You know? Yeah, I did notice, though, they made a reference that maybe he got help from the cops, but it didn't look like the cops were big fans of Batman in this. No, and I also thought um, we get to see a little bit of the detective where he's, you know, planting stuff in at Luther's place party. Yep. Yep. So overall, when it comes down to it, I enjoyed it much more than I thought I would. Um, pleasantly surprised by that. Yeah. That said, I think moving away from the Schneiderverse is appropriate. I hope Flashpoint resets a few things. It's going to. I, I hope so. But I mean, I hope, I mean, in terms of like, are they going to do something after that? Keeping you know, Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, sorry, as Wonder Woman is a, a must. must. It's a must right now. Yes. Unless she, unless she doesn't want to do it. She may not want to do it. Well, we're getting her for one more film. Right. But she may not want to do the rest. I mean, it's up to the actress too. We can't just force her. That's true. That's true. But I think she's a must. Uh, Jason Momoa as uh, Aquaman. That's a must. Can't really say much about Ezra Miller. I haven't seen Justice League yet, and he was briefly, very briefly in this. Yeah, you'd have to, you'd have to, uh, well, yeah, the, that whole scene's weird, too, because that's weird. Because um, we don't know what timeline he's coming from. Uh, he's an interesting Flash. It's it's not what you expect. So I'm excited for when that comes out, what your take will be on that. Um. So that's probably a good good spot to end the talk of Batman vs. Superman. Is, well, let's see what happens when Zack Snyder's version comes out on HBO Max. That'll be four hours. <laughs> so he's not going to cut anything into that, but it could be could be great. Because um, we're we're getting to the close of the end of this podcast. So I think it's a good spot to end end it. I'm I'm glad you kind of liked it. I would have I, I really thought you were going to come back and say you were going to be pissed at me that I made you watch it. No, no. Like I said, we brought it up last week, and I was. <laughs> but I waited till last night, Monday night, before we podcast. I'm like, oh, shit. I told Joe last week I should watch it, and I would watch it, and then I haven't yet. So it worked out. Uh, Shaylee had some work to do, so I was like, you know what? We'll throw it in. I'm going to watch it. I said I'd watch it. I'll watch it. Has she seen it before? Oh, she didn't watch it. I was just curious because if Wonder Woman's her favorite, like Wonder Woman's great in this. It's funny. So I was watching it, and like I said, it's three hours long. Mm-hmm. Wonder Woman, she shows up a couple times, obviously, throughout the film, but she really shows up in the last half hour, right? Yeah, but a strong half hour. Yeah, but Shaylee was working on some work stuff, and then she took a break. She's like, all right, I think I'm done for the night. And she sat down literally as Wonder Woman was putting up her bracelets and blocking the shot from Tuesday. Saving Batman? Yeah. So I rewound like 10 seconds. I'm like, well... You want to see Wonder Woman's first appearance as Wonder Woman? Here it is. So she watched from then. So she only watched like the last half hour. Yeah. She liked it. She's like, man, Wonder Woman's badass. I'm like, I know, right? That's, oh, that's one thing I forgot to say. Like, I liked how strong she was in this. Where in Wonder Woman 84, she just didn't feel like she had as, was as capable. Well. 
that's what bothered me. What eighty four? Like she just took on this fucking doomsday thing without a scratch, which was cool. That was cool, but okay, you got to remember too. In eighty four, she was losing her power, so she was weaker. I know, but it, they didn't make that clear enough. I don't think. I I caught it, but you're right. Maybe not everyone did. The thing though is. They show her jumping around in this, and maybe they didn't need to, but 84 is kind of established that she flies now. Yeah. They so fly she's now. basically they fly female now. Superman. Right. All right. That'll do it for Batman vs. Superman. So we have another edition of the KyberCast book club that we're going to start next week. Um, well, are we going to talk about it next week? Or are we officially beginning... Well, we'll start in next week, and we'll be talking about it. So, so we're supposed to read this week, Michael? Well, no. We, we're gonna, we, let's let's say that we're gonna like you're gonna start reading page one next week. We'll give you one more week to buy the book. Or okay, the book. that works. You know what I mean? Yep. And then, but you'll have for next week's podcast, Michael will put together a reading schedule for the book Ready Player Two. Right. Oh yeah. Yep. You got it. By Ernest Klein. Give him some credit. So, however you get that book, um, obviously, if you belong to a library, you don't have to pay for this book. So we're not asking. We're not promoting anybody to buy anything. We're not getting paid for anybody to buy any book. But that's what we're going to read. Um, I think you bought it, right, Joe? Yeah. I, I. Yeah. Absolutely did. I got mine from the library, so I'm one of those people. That's a good thing. You're smart. I'm lazy. I push my Kindle and it comes to my Kindle. <laughs> I just got lucky in that I happened to check my library's website, like when they started taking reservations. So I think I was reservation four and I saw they were getting like 30 copies throughout the library system. So oh, I was wow. like, oh, I'm definitely going to get one then when it comes out. So I got lucky. There you go. So that'll be starting next week. We'll get a schedule and you'll start reading on, hopefully if you, you know, Tuesday or whatever next week. We record on Tuesdays. You probably get it on Thursdays. So anyways, you'll be starting reading next week. So looking forward to Ready Player Two, our first book of 2021. And go from there. Anything else we missed this week, Michael? I think we covered it. Cool. All right. Well, this is the way. We'll see you next week. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.